Alright, welcome, welcome, my friends. We have a special guest here in our Out of Your League podcast. Me, I'm Vivian. But today we have Alan Cuevas, a true professional podcaster, uh, an expert in basketball, uh, dear friend, uh, just a colleague in Fire was very well liked by everyone. So glad to have you here, uh, Alan. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I'd say two times better after that. Very warm. <laughs> Maybe it's an exaggerated intro, I'd say. I don't know. We're not sure how much of an expert I am, uh, both in the realm of basketball and podcasting, but I'll take I'll take intermediate, you know, intermediate level at those two things. Um, yeah, I mean, I have my own NBA uh, podcast. It's really the realm that I love deep diving into on a daily basis, essentially. Uh, so I keep that going with a friend, and we've been doing that for three years now. Uh, it, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do. It's uh, the uh, the Second Stringers NBA podcast. So check it out. You know, we're we're everywhere. You can be Spotify, iTunes, and uh, <laughs> Google Podcasts everywhere. But you know, excited to talk NCAA though with you guys. Um, so NCAA March Madness brackets. This is Milton's first time doing a March Madness bracket. So I think we're gonna have to give him and you know anybody else who might be listening and is interested in joining the S4, uh, the bracket challenge, a little bit of a rundown on, you know, how March Madness brackets kind of work. Um, it's a little bit different from, I think, some of the other fantasy sports. It is a lot of luck <laughs> in my experience. Um, it's like, you can, you know, you can check up on the predictions and the different models and stuff as much as you want, but with college sports, there's always a lot of upsets in the different rounds, but you want to walk through the bracket, Alan? Yeah, I can start with the basics of it. March Madness is truly, I think, one of the most defining American aspects of American culture, I'd say. I think most people, especially Milton, you I know you grew up outside of the U.S. and Mexico. So I think it, it probably seems kind of weird for people to be like, wait a minute, everybody huddles around TVs and watches second-tier basketball or even arguably third-tier since there is a minor league NBA league. But but yeah, essentially we do do that. We love college sports. <laughs> it is a strong argument that it's a lesser quality of basketball. But yeah, I think the big thing that really holds it together is like you mentioned, Vivian, the real unpredictability of it, where you can have a broadcaster or a former professional basketball player have a end up with a worse score than um, you know than the office than than Milton, who just grew up in Mexico, or my or myself, or like really anybody. Who, who's just stepping in or someone who never even played sports before and simply can make picks based off what names sound the best to them. But yeah, I, one of the things that I always find fascinating is looking up the quick facts about this. And uh, one of those things is like you are, your odds of winning the lottery are higher than your odds of completely 100% predicting the March Madness bracket or your odds of getting struck by lightning are higher than <laughs> predicting than getting a 100% shot at predicting the March Madness bracket and usually whoever wins it kind of has like a sloppy score but but yeah I mean it, it, it it's it is a it's a very fun thing and when you look at it the key thing about it is there's always there's the seating so you the clear favorites are obviously number one and they're split up into four regions and these are these are 
chosen uh, through through the selection of what they call Selection Sunday. So a committee comes together and puts together a list of the top teams and assigns them a seating. Usually, when you go one through one through ten, I would say there are, there's very little room for argument. Usually, these teams have demonstrated a lot to, to justify those. But outside of that, it gets a little bit hairy and it gets a little fuzzy. And sometimes, yeah, like a team can be seated 16 when they probably could have been seated higher. And that's what really throws this whole thing off is there's all these variables like injuries, momentum and coaching and teams just getting hot at the right time uh, that can really throw off the bracket. And that's really where the magic happens is not necessarily predicting the right winner, but randomly predicting that this number 16 seed is going to knock out the higher seed and make it to the second round or all of a sudden in the second round you 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 get uh you get the you get the favorite losing like the number one lose number one seed ends up losing in the in the second round in the in the sweet 16 uh and that really creates a lane for somebody to really jump in there uh and do some upsets um so i think the the clearest way to break this down is sort of the the point system that it functions off of so in the first round you get one point for every selection you make correct in the second round, you get two points. In the Sweet 16, third round, you get four points for every right prediction. In the Elite Eight, eight points. The Final Four, you're looking at 16. And if you correct, if you guess the the winner is is 32 points. But if you look at the bracket, the bracket is so big that again, like 32 points compared to you making a handful of really good predictions in the Elite Eight uh, on, on that path to the Elite Eight is really what what gets you to gets you to that winning spot. Uh, and essentially, like you do get to a point where your all your picks are so bad that you could only cap to you could only reach a certain point plateau. So at that point, you might as well just throw the bracket out and uh, and just watch the games for fun, or or you know, buckle down and start doing your work and not use March Madness as an excuse to keep watching TV at work. <laughs> um, so that being said, I don't believe. I don't think anybody in the history of like March Madness, there's never been like a hundred percent accurate bracket to my knowledge. Um, and, you know, I've been, I haven't been really keeping up with the regular season that much this year. I think COVID kind of made things kind of weird. And a lot of people weren't sure if March Madness is going to be happening. Um, I've really only been watching the San Diego state games, go Aztecs, but um, nice. I, I've been brushing up on, just like how the other teams are doing and checking out the different seating. Um, it seems like according to experts and all their, you know, different like models that they use this year actually is supposed to have a really high percentage of upsets just right off the bat, right in the first round, um, which I think will be really interesting. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. I mean, you obviously cap the COVID variable. There's some teams that have, Missed some time, missed some players. Uh, that could be factor get to it, but you know, there's always that. I feel like somehow that always comes up. Like this is a year that there will be more upsets than ever before, and there's always upsets across the board. So, yeah, I think if you are looking at your bracket, you should probably pick one big one, one big upset that you think is going to happen, and that might be your best shot at at winning. I think one of the the facts that always stands out to me is there's only been one year where all number one seeds make it to the final four that was in 2008 with kansas north carolina ucla and memphis out of you know the many years this has been going on 30 plus years now 
your your best bet is to to hang and figure out some upset team that you want to roll the dice on, uh, because chances are there's going to be one that comes out of this. Uh, with that said, though, maybe not too much on the extreme side. No bottom seed has ever uh, unseated a top seed in the first round, except for once. That was in 2018 when number 16 beat a number one there. That was Maryland ups upsetting the University of Virginia. Uh, so those are some things to to really watch out for uh, is to find that balance between who you're rolling the dice with, but maybe not go too much to where you're going to make your you're going to make your score cap out within within the, the second second or third round of this whole thing. Um, but with all that, Milton, you are the newcomer here. Any quick questions stand out to you? That's right. Yes, are games one enough, or is it like a series? Oh no! This is the 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 word madness comes as a result of this being a one game in a neutral location, and you know you just you have games going off. You especially during the early rounds, you have games going off like every twenty minutes. You could have multiple game one game closing, and as soon as that game's over, the there's another game that's already reached the three minute mark in terms of like before it ends. So it gets it gets hairy and it gets it gets crazy and. Um, and I think that really one and done scenario is what really causes these upsets upsets to happen, and why you don't see all the number one seeds always make the make the final four and make ultimately make the final. Good, but that, I like one enough. Yes, I like that. And this happens within the span of a week or two <laughs> weeks. How long does this last? I don't even know. Like, how fast is this? The the madness, the hairier part of it happens within the first the first week, two weeks. Uh, but as you, as more teams get eliminated, it starts extending out to the to the rest of the month of March. Uh, but yeah, essentially, it happens within within uh, four to five weeks. Uh, we get a national champion, and you know we get we get all all of these sixty plus teams uh, playing each other. So yeah, it, it gets pretty crazy, and it moves super fast. Mm, so it's like a mini mini World Cup of football, or as you guys say, soccer. Uh, you know, where it's like a month-long tournament and one and off. I mean, kind of like 32 teams, similar-ish, but, you know, in a little scale, apparently. Yeah. yeah, I would say the World Cup definitely sets up teams, the good teams for success more than the March Madness tournament because you mm. go through so many rounds of play. And again, it's one and off. But yeah, they're, they're, the, the thing they share in common is that it is a one-and-done playoff system in a neutral location uh but it, it's it's just absolutely madness again because they play so many rounds and all it takes really is one team getting really lucky and one team having a bad day to to essentially get beat um which is you know what happens i guess in an extreme situation like in 2018 where university of virginia the best team in the country and a favorite to win the title gets upset by a tiny uh team with like half the resources in their basketball program Okay. What about give me the five top teams, or at least the ones that are considered like you know the premier teams, and then like the top lesser teams or the little guys out there. Yeah, maybe three think, and three. Let's do three and three. Um, yeah, we could do. I could give you. I'll give you the four favorites um, since okay. it's broken up in the four different regions. And I think oh. anybody who's making their brackets, I always think that's the best place to start. Is start from from the top down. Uh, you know, secure your put in who you think is going to ultimately win it. That's usually like uh, a pretty safe bet, I think. Um, so 
obviously coming out of the West, you got Gonzaga. So they're probably the favorite, one of the favorites yeah. to win the whole thing. They have two future NBA prospects. Uh, they've, they've, they've had, they've ran a top down program for the last decade plus, uh, and nothing has really changed. I mean, they have a top defense. They, they have a solid offense. Two NBA prospects. I think that's a that's a pretty a good team to to roll the dice. I mean, not even roll the dice. Really put your put your bets on to to potentially win that, or at the very least, be in the final. Um, I think going out east, one of the teams that I have there is University of Alabama. Uh, this isn't like the most common basketball school name, but. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you got to believe it. The University of Alabama is now good at every single sport, and that includes yep. basketball. <laughs> they just won their six NBA, their six football national title, uh, and yeah. now they're looking at basketball as, as potentially another place for them to to you know brand themselves in. Um, so that's a favorite there. Big program okay. again. The basketball program has no shortage of resources relative to the, to the NCAA uh, world. Uh, out south, I would put Baylor. Uh, Baylor's another big, big program that has always been a solid, uh, a solid choice in basketball. But this year, in particular, they've got a good crew there. Um, they've only lost one game in terms of their conference play, the Big Twelve, which is a, a very competitive conference. So there's a there's a good sign out there that the, this is a pretty good team. They're the number one three point shooting team in the in the entire country. Uh, in basketball, Milton three point shooting okay. is big, and it's a very X factor. <laughs> if you get hot from far, there's no team that can beat you. That's a new thing, right? In basketball, three point shooting. That's what I hear. Yeah, the the volume of it, the volume of it mm-hmm. is is definitely increased. And I think if you can shoot the way Baylor does, which is around forty percent from the three point line, that's a that's a those are pretty good odds that you can get hot. And it's tough to make to chip away at a lead like that. Uh, and then coming out Midwest, I got Houston, the number one rebounding team. They got a bunch of bigs. Size matters in basketball, and Houston has that. Uh, so I would say that's the favorite to come out of the Midwest. So to recap in the West, we got Gonzaga from my, from my, from my perspective, out East, Alabama, South, Baylor, and in the Midwest, uh, Houston. All right. Well, I already picked those as you were talking. So <laughs> started off with those guys. Again, yeah. I'm filling out this bracket after this podcast. So I, I want to know what's going on. For sure. And then in terms of like your Cinderella picks, the picks, yeah, you know, yeah, this, yeah. this this is what makes or breaks your bracket in terms of winning a pool. Uh, I got I got four, five, six. I got six names here. Uh, might take a lot of time to go through each one of these, but I'll give them to you. USC, I think, is a solid choice to potentially upset. They got some good players. Evan Mobley uh, is a strong prospect. And USC always, every now and then, tends to make some noise around March. They're a six seed, so they could potentially make some noise. Uh, I got Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is a team that just came out of came out and won the conference title. That was a tough conference, and they came out and won it. They're led by a former NBA legend and Patrick Ewing as a coach. Um, they beat a very tough Florida team. Uh, sorry, I meant George Georgetown for that. Georgia Tech, uh, a nine seed, another. Another potential uh, Cinderella story. That's that's also a solid choice. But Georgetown is the one led by Patrick Ewing. Um, they're 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 in the tournament for the first time since 2015. Uh, 
coaching legend John Thompson died a couple a year ago. So I think this is a team that that's really playing for something, so they could potentially upset uh, UConn. Is another solid program that UConn. always always makes noise here in March. University of Connecticut, and uh, they they got a good player uh, in James Boknight. So another potential NBA prospect. And then uh, UNC, University of North Carolina, solid program again, solid size. They could potentially make some make some noise here. They they've they're they've definitely faced some obstacles this year, so they might be one of those teams that's a little underrated here in terms of their eighth seed. And the last one uh, is Oklahoma State. They are led by the arguably the best player. In the country, number one NBA prospect and Cade Cunningham, they're a fourth seed. Uh, I am always a fan of teams that are led by really good potential NBA players. So that's a team to that you could potentially roll the dice on going far. All right. That's good analysis there. I can see the quality of your mindset. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think that makes sense. Um, I'm gonna go with the coolest uniforms for the other guys. So I'm gonna <laughs> check the color schemes. Vivian uh, knows I'm a huge fan of cool uniforms. So I guess I'll just do that. And I recommend that for people out there, right? Yeah, you could go coolest uniform. Another strategy that people usually also go with is uh, coolest mascot. And uh, oh. one that's... One of the ones that stands out to be for coolest mascot that might also be um, uh, a very WTF pick is uh, UC Santa Barbara uh, coming out of, you know, Southern California, close near the L.A. area. Uh, they're not always the most premier basketball program, but they are here in the tournament and they are the, the gauchos, I think. Gauchos, I think, is how you pronounce it. But essentially, it's an Argentinian uh, thief. That. Oh. That is their mascot. That's an odd one, but you, that might be one to roll the dice on if you are going the coolest mascot approach. <laughs> All right. I like it. Have you ever won a bracket, Vivian? Uh, yeah, I won a couple years ago at my old uh, agency. Actually, like, I got really far without, like, any errors. I think, like, this is the best bracket I've ever done. It was like 78% maybe accuracy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got pretty close. I was hanging, hovering around as the winner in second place all the way up into the final four. And it came down to me and a couple guys. And the person, the team I had ultimately winning it ended up falling apart in the final, Michigan State. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I lost that bracket. I was... It's always devastating to be that close and hovering around first for for long, and then all of a sudden one loss drives you all the way down to fourth place. So that's the closest I ever got, but I've never completely won a pool. Are you expecting to win this firewood one? Is that, no. Are you going for it? No. <laughs> uh, I I I have finished setting uh, emotional energy on expecting myself to win a bracket. <laughs> I usually just do it for fun, but if I'm there after three rounds, then I'm going to. I'm going to really just, uh, you know, get competitive a little bit. Not that there's anything I could do by that point, but I'll, I'll start watching the game so intensely for sure. Oh, so that's my last question. You have, uh, you have chances to like change your bracket as the tournament goes. There's or ways. Once you pick them, it's set. 
Yeah, there's ways to do it to where you can readjust your bracket, but the more traditional way and the way we have it set up is, you know, the the basic traditional way to do it, which is you lock them in right from the start and cross your fingers that you chose it right. <laughs> well, nice. Yeah. You could well. also pretend that you're cheering while watching the game makes a difference and maybe that makes you feel like you're in control somehow, but uh you know that's up for debate <laughs> oh, yeah or prayers or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man well i think that's it for right now we'll try to release this probably as a mini capsule so people like have some strategy before we have two days before this they, they lock right and then you can't change them forever that's it yeah okay. There is one funny story that I that I could share. Um, a couple of years ago, I don't remember exactly what year. There was one person who had who had gone the furthest, I think, out of everybody with perfect picks on the ESPN tournament challenge, which is like a bunch of like we're talking like over a hundred thousand people enter this. Uh, but but she forgot to choose a winner, so <laughs> she automatically counted herself out because of that. Uh, so you know. Just a quick tip. You never know, even if you think you don't have a chance, just fill out the whole bracket. <laughs> oh, man. That's so sad. Okay. Well, thank you, Alan. Um, hope to have a few more. We have 19 people subscribed as of right now for the bracket. I think that's a good number. Let's see how many more people we can get. Maybe some Media Monks people. I don't know. We're still not merged completely with the Slack channel, so that's still not working as we wish. But a good experiment so thank you for putting this together and uh, good luck to all of you out there all right we'll see you soon in the post bracket podcast all right bye guys <laughs> <laughs>